Smashed into the net by Kylian Mbappe. And the finish at the near post from Lucas Paqueta. Cornet finds Dembele. The first touch is good. The second is deadly. Neymar still. Oh my word, what a goal. Golovin. Lovely finish. The ex-delivery again. Duzzi's header. He's a clinical finisher. Arkadiusz Mili. Outrageous goal from Gael Kakuta. Playing again. A goal Oh, Benyera. Beautifully done. Sensational. Coming up, Paris Saint-Germain prevail in snowy Saint-Étienne, Messi notches a hat-trick of assists, and we ask, has the Argentine now acclimatised to life in Ligue 1 Uber Eats? Nice and Lens drop points, but Rennes march on. Bruno Genesio's team are now up to second after their win in the Brittany derby against Lorient. We'll also discuss the slender victories for Lyon and for Marseille. Welcome along to Le Bourgeois the official Ligue 1 Uber Eats podcast. And uh, I've got some great news this morning. I've been promising over the last few weeks that we would be uh, welcoming Robbie Thompson back onto the pod. And uh, here we here we have him, Robbie Thompson from Sydney, Australia. How are you, Robbie? Very well, thank you, Matthew. How are you guys going? It's, uh, it's early evening here. I've had a long day of uh, catching up on all the French football from the weekend. Watched a few matches over the weekend as well. So uh, good, loving it, down under. Well, we will be testing uh, your knowledge, making sure that you are keeping abreast of everything in Liga and Uber Eats and not getting too sidetracked by that Australian soccer thing that you're, that you're working on. Uh, David Crossan uh, is, uh, is with us this morning. How are you, Dave? Yeah, good, Matt. I don't know whether you should be keeping abreast of French football or just watching Brest, given how well they're playing at the minute. <laughs> good one. Good one. I didn't get Brest into the intro, um, but four victories in a row for Michel Desacarian's team. Uh, Brest... Going great guns. You're right, Dave. They've, they've roared out of relegation trouble. And uh, we do need to give Brest uh, a little bit of attention, I would say, in the, in, in the coming weeks. But we are going to ease Robbie back into um, the uh, Le Bourgeois action by talking about Paris Saint-Germain. Uh, they had a game away to Saint-Étienne. Saint-Étienne, who had uh, a little bit like Brest, uh, woken up from the dead, if you like. They'd won their last two matches. And uh, they entertained Paris Saint-Germain in uh, pretty testing conditions. The snow was falling and uh, Saint-Étienne were up for this one. Ian Holyman uh, commentated the action. What's a gorgeous ball from Wabi Kazri and a chance and a goal for Buanga. But no. The joy is short-lived. No need for VAR, it would seem. The assistant referee with his flag up very quickly. But I'm sure the video assistant referee will be taking a look at that one. He's onside. It is a goal. It's Buanga's third of the season. And despite the wait, you can understand the celebrations. Masson. And just took too long, but Saint-Étienne still have it with camera. And overran it, and Marquinhos can send Paris Saint-Germain away on the counter-attack. Was he fouled, Mbappé? He was, and that will be another yellow card. What's a red for Kolatiacek. And you could argue that there was covering from Nade. But Kolatiacek knew what he was doing. Messi's ball in, it's the header by Marquinhos, and they're punished immediately of the ten men of Saint-Étienne, and it's the Paris Saint-Germain captain 
great header from the Brazil international. His second league goal of the season, and this time there's nothing that Green can do. It's the placement and the precision. Neymar looks for a way through. Danilo, Messi away from Warren, squeezes it through to Di Maria. Great chance, and he tucks it away, does Di Maria. And finally, Paris Saint-Germain get their noses in front at Saint-Étienne. It's been brave resistance from the hosts, but it's finally been broken. Messi, that's a good ball, there's Marquinhos, and it's number three. It's a second goal of the game for the Paris Saint-Germain captain. It's a hat-trick of assists for Lionel Messi. Well, uh, Robbie, since since you left these shores, uh, Paris Saint-Germain have continued to uh, somehow win pretty much every game they play in, in Ligue 1 Uber Eats. Once again against Saint-Étienne, uh, they had it tough. And uh, ultimately, that, that, that decision to send off Timotej Kolodzicek just before half-time changed the game, didn't it, Robbie? Particularly as, as PSG equalised just after it. Absolutely, it did. And uh, what, was, what were your thoughts on the, on the red card? Because for me, I think it was a foul, but I think there, there were other players around. I mean, it could, could, could just have been a yellow, no? For, for you guys? I, I would say, yes, it could just have been a yellow, but I, I think it's one of those... Uh, Dave, I'll ask for you for your view. It's one of those the once the referee has given it, he's not gonna he's not gonna overturn it. I was actually in the car listening on the radio, heading to work, and they were all saying, "Come on, the VAR's got to look at this. It's not a red card. It's not a red card." But then you look at the replays, and Kolodzicek, you know, he's he's a bit out of out of control, isn't he? And his legs up, and he catches Mbappe. Yeah, it's one of those. The, the French have that expression, the orange card. So it's not really controversial if it's red. It's not really controversial if it's yellow. It was a pity for the game from a neutral perspective because Saint-Étienne were giving it a real go and causing a lot of problems for Paris Saint-Germain. And it meant we didn't see the PSG character tested in the second half the way we would have wanted to. So it makes it much harder to draw any conclusions from that match. There's no doubt it's a, a foul for me because he, he goes in the first tackle and then he, he realises that the ball's gone, that Mbappe is away and he lifts his leg and tries to, you know, it's not a... He knew exactly what he was doing, Kolodzicek. He's a very experienced defender who's been around a long time. Robbie, um, Messi was getting a, I don't know if a, a hammering is a bit too too strong a word, but he was getting grief on on, on social media. Um, people saying, you know, he's walking through the game and uh, PSG, need, you know, they need more from, from Lionel Messi. It was his free kick that set up the equaliser for Marquinhos. He then, uh, he set up actually quite brilliantly a goal for Ankel Di Maria. Um, and then set up another one for, for for Marquinhos. An interesting stat, I'm quite surprised by this one. It's only the third time in his career that he's produced a hat-trick of assists in a league match. He's only only done it twice for Barcelona. Um, have we just got to accept, Robbie, that that, that, that is Messi? We're not going to see him apart from <laughs> when it really matters. But is, isn't... I.e., yeah. you know, when he's making and scoring when, goals. When it matters, yeah, exactly. But, but have people not seen Messi play for, for years and years? Messi just walks around or people say he's not walking he's thinking but this is how he he plays his football and how he's always played his football it's it's just that perhaps at Barcelona they get the ball to him 
a little bit more. But Messi, when when the ball's not there, he's just walking around. He waits for the ball. And it I'm not sure it, it frustrates people or frustrated people in Barcelona just because over the years, when it counted, when it mattered, he made the difference time and time and time again. And I mean, the goals will start flowing. The assists will start flowing at some point for Paris Saint-Germain. Don't forget, it's the first time he's ever played for outside of outside of uh, of Spain for a new club. These things, no matter what, they do take time. But uh, Messi will will be the player that he was at Barcelona. Make no mistake. But I'll bring uh, I'll bring Dave in. But I just want to rebound off this with 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 Robbie because we before going on air we talked about the fact that that Paris lost to Manchester City and. Uh, yeah, it was their first defeat in 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 the Champions League. But I I was a bit I was a bit troubled by the performance. Now, Robbie, you can say okay, they lost two one to Man City, one of the best teams in the world, if not the best club side in the world at the moment. Um, you can't get carried away about that. But the, you know the way PSG played, the way those three attackers were just so cut off from the rest of the team, um, didn't work. I thought there was some petulance in 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 the performance as well. No, I, we I, saw- I thought they were abysmal, Matt against Manchester City. That, Thank you, uh, Dave. <laughs> yeah, no, they, they were awful. That You can't say just... Be, if Marco Verratti's unavailable, you can't just say, well, that's it. You can't play the ball through midfield. Uh, and the defence midfield link meant that those three forwards were so isolated, so you can't criticise them so much for what happened because it, you've got to have the team functioning as a whole. And you can't have it that if Verratti's not there, which he, he quite often isn't, that your team doesn't play. And it's not the first time we've seen it in the Champions League where they end up defending from inside their own penalty box. And every time they try to play it out, you think, oh, there could be trouble here. They're going to get picked off and the pressure is going to keep on them. And and they have to sort that out. And I don't know if it can work, Dave. I mean, you know, Verratti would have helped had had, had he been there, but I'm not sure how much difference it it. It, it it would have made because I actually thought you know Herrera did did pretty well, well think, when yeah when I think when he what's was really on. worrying is it's there's sort of shades about how they're defending in the Champions League and the defensive positions they're taking up of the sort of Barcelona remontada era that as the pressure lifts they look like they're going to crack they get ever closer to their goalkeeper and you just think oh this isn't going to go so well and maybe the return of a big character like Sergio Ramos will just say no we play a little bit further up the pitch and this is what you have to do. We can't just accept that we're going to be dominated here and we have to ensure we're one of the potential winners of this competition. We should be among the favourites and we need to underline that status every time we take to the field. Yeah, Dave, you've brought us back uh, to the to the league and Uber Eats action because Sergio Ramos played, didn't he, on, on, uh, on Sunday. Uh, again, maybe a slightly shaky start, but all in all... Uh, had a had a strong game. Ramos completed ninety five passes out of one hundred and one attempted, more than any other player. And uh, yeah, his first game for a long time. Robbie, good good news and a character as much as as anything, a personality who could make a real difference in this team. It was a fantastic debut match for for someone who's who what played three matches last last year for for Real Madrid. I mean, he's he's hardly kicked a football in in over a year and a half. And then you add COVID to that as well. No, I think it was a, a, a very, very encouraging first match for Sergio Ramos in Parisian colours. His passing range was there. He was, he was tough. He was strong. And as Dave mentioned, that perhaps you need that, that leadership on the pitch. It's what I anticipated when I saw him sign was, for me, it reminded me a little bit of that, that 
era when you had a Zlatan Ibrahimovic who just demanded so much more of the team. And, and it's not a, a judgment call, but, but Neymar is not that vocal leader. Thiago Silva wasn't that vocal leader. And Marquinhos is a different type of leader as well on the, on the football pitch. And perhaps Sergio Ramos is more of that Zlatan type that leads by example, but also by pure adrenaline, by aggression. And, and it works. And I, I think it's very, very encouraging. And probably, yes, he will make an impact. In the it means Marquinhos can play in midfield now again as well. When you, you just play Ramos and Kimpembe at the back of mid, <laughs> Dave's your midfield. Joking, Dave, but Dave, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm going really to say joking, now. To be honest, I, I think Paris Saint-Germain's midfield is so fallible that it, that putting Marquinhos forward might be the only way they can get through it. Yeah, no, interesting because I was going to say something. Up front, I, I guess similar, and I may be getting ahead of myself, and I may this may be really harsh. What what I'm going to say? Uh, Neymar went off injured uh, at the end against Saint Etienne, and that's. That's sad because it does look like, I mean, they keep talking about a six-week uh, injury layoff. It, it's a, it, it's a, uh, an, ankle, uh, an ankle problem, uh, not a particularly good tackle from Ivan Masson. And, uh, you know, obviously I don't want Neymar injured, but I do wonder if, if, if that might help, um, if it might help Maurizio Pochettino, because I think Maurizio Pochettino at the moment has to play his three attackers. Watching the game against Manchester City, any manager in the world, I think, takes Neymar off at halftime. He was having such a nightmare. Um, his teammates were getting fed up with him and they needed somebody else in, in, in the midfield. But I don't think Pochettino can take Neymar off. And I'm wondering, Dave, do you not, if you've got Ramos now, do you not play Ramos, Marquinhos, Kimpembe? You play the wing-back system, yeah. Well, you can play three. It can be a hybrid system where, where Marquinhos steps up into the midfield. And it means that Nuno Mendes or, uh, um, what's his name, Juan Bernat and uh, the right-back Hakimi can have that liberty to, to bomb forward, which is, which is what they're good at doing. Yeah, they do look like they could be suited to that system. And I'm sure when Ramos was brought in, Pochettino was thinking, I'm going to try that out. And it could be the way of, I'm going to say it, I think it's papering over the cracks though. It'll get the best out of that squad potentially. And it will be interesting to see what he does if Neymar's absence is six weeks. And who knows, it might actually bring the best out of Lionel Messi as well. It'll mean he can play more centrally. Uh, Hakimi, he'll be excellent in that system. Nuno Mendes, we've seen, is better going forward than he is defensively. Bernat, uh, I'm sure he'll be back in the Champions League squad list uh, when we get to the knockout stage, having proved that he's recovered from his nasty injury. Um, Yeah, that's one to watch. And we've seen more and more teams moving towards that three at the back system, including France. So Mbappe knows what sort of runs to make in this system as well. Want to watch it in, indeed. Just a quick word about uh, my compatriot, Etienne Green, uh, who, who played really, really well for Saint-Etienne. Uh, 21 years of age. He does look like a huge, huge talent. He's now playing, uh, or has played at least for the England under-21s. And uh, if, you know, if Saint-Etienne are going to stay up, they've, they, they've moved back to the bottom, by the way, 12 points uh, for, for Saint-Etienne. But Etienne Green is going to have a, a massive role to play. And he does, he looks like a, a really exciting goalkeeper, Robbie, doesn't he? I mean, some of those saves... On Sunday, that one particularly from Mbappe when Mbappe was through, um, hugely impressive. Yeah, Mbappe cleaned through on goal and getting down so quickly to his left. And it wasn't one of those ones where the the striker just kicks it into legs or into midriff. I mean, he he spread himself, he stuck the arm out, he made a, a fantastic save. It was brilliant from, from Etienne Green. Yeah, I think he's still got some way to go. He's only very, very young. And I think he will. He needs to impose himself a little bit more as well. But he is a, a quality footballer on the rise. 
Paris Saint-Germain are 12 points clear at the top of Ligue 1 Uber Eats. They've got a test, though, a big test coming up this Wednesday night. We've got uh, a full round of matches in Ligue 1 Uber Eats on, on, on Wednesday evening. Busy week for, for everybody here. Um, a big test against OGC Nice. Uh, nice were second going into to round 15. Let's hear what happened. Christophe Galtier's team were at home to Metz and Ian Holyman again uh, commentated this one. Yeah, Sontons, that's beautifully done. The Preville, dangerous ball and a beautiful finish from Fabian Sontons. The reigning fullback's fourth league goal of the season. And he was the start and the finish of a flowing move. And Mets, the visitors, have a shock lead here. Well, Dave, this was hammer blow for, for Galtier um, and for Nice. People who've been watching Nice maybe in the last few weeks will not be that surprised because even though they've been more or less getting results, most recently against Claremont when they came from behind to win 2-1, uh, they've, they've not been playing particularly well. No, I commentated the Claremont game and it was only a, a late reaction that saw them take the points in that one. And Christophe Galtier was as unhappy as I've seen him all season uh, with the way they played against Mets, bottom of the table side. And although Nice did have plenty of shots, it wasn't a fluent display from them. And what really disappointed Galtier was the attitude as, as much as anything. I mean, he started Clivert and Stengs I'm not convinced that they're going to start at the Parc de France now. Uh, and it's taken time for those Dutchmen to settle. Um, Galtier, as we know, and as we saw all of last season in the championship, in the league winning season, I should say, with Lille, he places the emphasis on building from the back, which means that you get the defensive blocks in place first, and then you start thinking about the attack. And his post-match comments were about the balance of his team. And so he lined up. Uh, at the weekend with Delore, Guiri, Clivert and Stengs. I don't think there are going to be four attacking players like that uh, when they take uh, on Paris Saint-Germain on Wednesday. I think he's going to look to keep things tight and then try and hit teams on the counter for a while until he feels that he's got his team playing the way he wants them to. Because Robbie, you look at that Nice uh, starting lineup and the the potential they've got. The way that PSG have, have played and at times underperformed in Liga and not be punished. You know, on paper at least, Nice are capable of taking advantage if PSG don't turn up on, on Wednesday night. Yeah, Nice are, Nice have a, a quality side and some some hidden gems in there as well. That I think their their big problem at the moment is just consistency. I think Mario Lamina is a good player. I think Rosario is a good player as well. They both came off in, in the match. Guiri is a talent up front. Andy Delore, we know about him. Look, they are they are a team for for Nice. It's a matter of finding consistency. They were they have been starting matches slowly, and that's right from the start of the season. But um, finishing very strongly, it's something they have to be able to produce two lots of forty five minutes. And as we've seen time and time again with everyone that takes on Paris Saint Germain, apart from Manchester City, um, if it's it's not easy to put together two solid halves of football against them. Not in France, at any rate. But you can score the opening goal against Paris Saint-Germain. They're notoriously slow starters as well. So. Yeah, true. Yeah. Who knows what will happen on Wednesday? That's true. And Christophe Galtier knows how to get a result at, at the Parc des Princes. He did it, of course, with Lille uh, last season. And he had he had some very strong words. You know, he said, I, I'm not sure my players understand uh, what's required of them. And 
you know, he's clearly trying to get a reaction. So we'll, we'll have to see what happens on Wednesday. The race for, for a place in the top three is absolutely uh, thrilling. Uh, there are four, five, six, seven, eight teams all um, in with a shout of qualifying for the Champions League. At the moment, uh, leading the race uh, is Wren. Uh, Wren have been absolutely extraordinary. I saw a stat. They've got 19 points since the start of October. That's more than any other club side uh, in Europe's top five leagues. Six wins and a draw. Is that right? Yes, that's right. Um, and they won 2-0 away to Lorient. And what what is fascinating, I think, with Wren, I mean, they've got, OK, Gaetan Laborde, who is uh, the form attacker in, in France at the moment. 14 goals in all competitions now, um, following his hat-trick as well on, on Thursday against Vitas Arnhem. But they've got the players coming in. Uh, I mentioned, I think, last week, Jeremy Doku uh, coming back from, from injury. Suleimana, Kamaldin Suleimana, started against Lorient. Uh, so, yeah, Laborde got the opener and then Doku came on and within a few minutes, just like jinked inside, curled one into the net. Uh, you know, he looks like he's, he's going to want to claim his starting berth pretty quickly. Uh, and it's, it's exciting times, Robbie. And, you know, when you look at, like I say, it's not just their form at the moment. It's it's the potential they have in that squad. Well, it must be pretty frightening when you can take off Suleimana for the opposition side and you bring on Doku because it's just it's it's like for like, but but so powerful, so dangerous, so full of running. I think Gaetan Laborde is the the missing link in that Ren side up front. I think his goals are, are crucial. We saw his that the hat trick in in midweek as well. He. But they, they're, they're exciting. I'd like to see Suleimana and Doku play together, one on each wing. But it, do, can you still play with, like, four attacking players? I think that's why Burijo is, is, is starting on the right at the moment with, with one out-and-out ringer and a, a Burijo who can come inside. But, uh, look, everything's clicking, and that's, that's the key. Uh, Bade and Aguerd are, are excellent young defenders at the back. Hamari Traore is a leader, but it's a young side with experienced players. And... Uh, no, no, it's everything. Everything looks good for Ren, but the key is confidence. They're on a they're on a roll, and uh, do we talk about the fact that they had to leave it late, that they had to fight hard as well against a, a Lorient side? I mean, it didn't. It wasn't dominant right from the get go. They had to leave it late. It was in the last fifteen minutes that they got the win, but they got it, and that's the important thing. Yeah, any win you get after European football on a Thursday is a good win on the Sunday. Uh, Ren. They've got a, a really tough fixture list between now and Christmas. They play Lille on Wednesday. They've got Nice and Monaco before Christmas as well. But what they're really going to have to deal with, and Bruno Genesio will already be thinking about this, is what happens when Gomez, Traore, Aguerd and Suleimana head off to the Africa Cup of Nations in January that Ren are going to be hit, I think, harder than any of the other clubs in Li Yang. So get as many points as you can before Christmas. Try to get through that period the best that you can. Um, Doku will definitely start the games around that period, so they'll need the Belgian to be playing at his best. And then if you're still up there in February, then you can start to dream. Yeah, and just what you said, Robbie, I mean, I think they can play with four attacking players. We saw it earlier this season. He's he's changed the system, though, in, in recent weeks because Lovro Meyer has, uh, mm. has, has, has got fit and made a massive difference. And it's given Genesio this option of playing more of a, a 4-3-3. And Terrier, Terrier was playing through the middle with Laborde early on. Now Laborde's playing through the middle. Terrier wide, wide left, or, or yeah, I think wide left. And then he's he's, he's been playing Bourigeau on on the right. Um, but yeah, options. And and also I wanted to mention Jonas Martin because you know he's he's been holding the midfield and he's been an absolute revelation. So we talk about the attacking potential. 
Uh, Wren have kept more clean sheets than any other club. Uh, 12 goals conceded. I think they've got the best defensive record in, in, in the league as well. Yeah, Marseille um, got seven clean sheets as well, haven't they? I'm sure we'll talk about them a little bit later. Uh, but Wren, um, I think they're all intelligent players, the ones that you mentioned, that Terrier, Laborde, they can play wide. Uh, Bourgeau, he'll do what you ask of him. Martin, really good. Uh, and he's been an excellent signing for Wren. Really helped since Benjamin Andre's departure and come back from serious injury. Uh, and then the excitement that's provided by the likes of Suleimanu and Doka, Doku, and then the class of Maya, who probably didn't have his best game against Lorient, but he also looks good signing. I think uh, in terms of solutions coming from the bench as well, what, and this is perhaps Bruno Genesio who's, who's doing it so well, is that Santa Maria has had a great period and now he's, he's found himself on the bench. You've got Doku, you've got Girassi, they've got options on the bench and he's rotating it well and players that are in form are playing and everyone's getting their chance so it seems at the moment as well so it's yeah it's all encouraging yeah well what Genesio said this week which was interesting was um you know it's lucky we've got so many games to play you know they're, they're, they're playing the, Euro- the the Europa Conference and that's giving him the chance to, to rotate because it's kind of all over the pitch you know we've got True Fair now who's kind of taken Mailing's place at, at left back those two competing so you know it's it's really interesting and before I move on, I'm just going to put a you know, very quick quick answer, a quick question uh, to you guys because I was laughed out of the room earlier this season when I said Laborde, uh, France call up sometime soon. Because it, you know he's one of these guys who's seen as a journeyman and well, he's 27 now, um, perhaps not seen as a guy who has the technical qualities to play for France. But is this not, you know, Olivier Giroud is on his way out or already out, out of the picture. Laborde is... Uh, Decent option, though, for Didier Deschamps, Dave? I don't see it happening, to be honest, Matt. But, oh. um, I, I wrote a piece for the Ligand.com website because now, about a year out from the Qatar World Cup, we've got to start looking about uh, players that might be able to break into the France team. Uh, my number one pick is Amin Guiri. Guiri's got all the technical ability that you want from a forward in your team. He can play in a variety of positions. Laborde can do that as well. But I, I think Laborde... I've got so much time for Laborde. The Laborde Law partnership at Montpellier, we all loved watching, but I just think he, he is slightly short of international quality. We're talking about the world champions. Come on. Come on, Dave. He's better, he's better than Callum Wilson, isn't he? Anyway, so I don't know why I'm talking about Newcastle, but yeah. I bet. No, you're trying Probably to crowbar cause... reference in. It's going to get edited out of the programme. There were no matches in secretly, the Premier Secretly, weekend. Dave's thinking, oh, I wouldn't mind Newcastle signing Amin Guiri and Gaten Laborde. Robbie, uh, Laborde for, for France? I'm uh, sorry, Matt. I'm not going to laugh you out of the room, but it would be it would be one of those ones where there, there was no one else available just about in the current, in the current crop, I mean, of and yeah, no, it, I can't see it happening. I, I have to agree with Dave. I'd put Amin Guiri in there. I think he suits the style of, of the France national team more. You know, Benzema's back and imposing himself. And Bappe's there. They've, they've got too much quality, too much quality with the with okay. clever. Ridiculously clever harsh. Game. And, that, you know, this is exactly what I was saying about this etiquette that, that he's got as a, as a journeyman. And you guys who've been watching him from his days at, at, at Bordeaux, you just we don't see him, him as France material. Him. But... but we we think he is an excellent league and player. <laughs> All right, time for time for deja vu, guys. Um, uh, Ian Holyman has uh, prepared a, a very nice uh, a nice clue for us this week. If you think you know the answer, uh, get in touch. Last week, uh, by the way, the answer was Antoine Sibierski. The clue was, as my name suggests, I was eligible to play for Poland, but I was born in northern France. 
I started at my hometown club and featured for two other Ligue 1 sides, winning back-to-back Coupe de France at one before playing for the arch-rivals of my hometown club. I spent the final six years of my career in England, playing for four clubs, three in the north, and uh, with one that has the same name as, uh, or the same nickname as one of the French sides I played for. That was uh, quite the tongue twister, quite the conundrum, but plenty of right answers. James Cathy, Michel Mass, who uh, is pleading with us to give some love to OGC Nice. I agree with you, Michel. It's just a shame that uh, we were talking about a defeat today. Um, Reese Aitken from Scotland also got Antoine Sibieski, Paul Thomas Clay, Davor T, Gonzalo Tobar, and uh, that's it. We did have Habib Bar coming in with a late shout for Seydou Keita, which was the previous week. So well done, uh, well done to Habib Bar. Um, but you need to catch up, Habib, because uh, we've we've had Sibieski now as well. Um, listen, if you think you know the answer, email us. Uh, look. No, what is it? League one, sorry, email us, league1podcast at gmail.com or use the hashtag Le Bourgeois uh, on Twitter or the hashtag uh, Deja Who. Here we go. I was born in Brittany and featured for three clubs in the region, one of them twice, but never my hometown club. I also played for some big clubs in the south, one overseas, but not abroad, before retiring in 2006. I enjoyed success in my native region as a coach too, taking charge of the same club twice and defeating one of my former clubs in a major final. If you think you know the answer to that one, league1podcast at gmail.com or hashtag Deja Who or hashtag Le Bourgeois on Twitter. We look forward to hearing from you. Um, We're just going to finish with the race for for second or third by talking about Lens. Um, Lens played Angers on Friday night. Les Saint-Eurs have wobbled a bit of late. They were beaten 4-0 in Brest the previous weekend. Uh, they had uh, a roaring home crowd behind them. David Cross and commentated Lance versus Angers. Genie. Unai, lovely football. Sofiane Bouffal tucks it past Jean-Louis Lecker, who manages to recover, but it's into the back of the net. And Angers lead. Will that goal be credited to Sofiane Bouffal? If it is, it's his fourth of the season. Lance nil, Angers won. Idara, he's the left-sided centre-half, and here he is on the left wing with the cross towards Satoka, the chance for Kakuta and Lance equalise. With just over two minutes gone in the second half, Gail Kakuta's second of the season set up by the half-time substitute, Masadio Idara. Lance came out all guns blazing after the break roared on by the Stad Bollard fans and Franck Ez's team are level Lons building their attacks at will now Satoka 2-1 what a turnaround in this game Florian Satoka back from suspension and back on the score sheet with his third of the season both goals created down the left and both finish with a plomb. Sliced by Klaus, meaning an Angers corner. Oh, the equalising goal. Roman Toma. And that changes the complexion of this match once more. His second of the campaign, the big centre half, 
He makes Satoka pay for the missed chance. The corner taken short. Buffal to Fulgini. And Tomat ghosted into the penalty box. His run not picked up. Well, Dave, this was uh, a good game. And a game that ultimately uh, finished 2-2. And Lance will be a, a bit disappointed having staged that comeback in the second half. A bit disappointed that they didn't get the points. Yeah, it was a very entertaining game. 4th v 6th at the start of play. 5th and 6th now after the weekend's action with Lance dropping a place. Uh, Angers totally outplayed Lance in the first half and were good value for their lead thanks to Sofiane Buffal's goal. But Lance came out very hard at the start of the second half, overloading the left-hand side. Uh, two good finishes from Kukuta and Sotoka. Sotoka was really the key player in the game because he gave the ball away for Angers' goal in the first half, managed to score the goal that put Lance in front, but then missed a really good-headed chance that would have put the game beyond Angers. Uh, and Angers ended up equalising. And yet, Lance are stuttering. Uh, they've only won two of their last six in Ligue 1 now. And Franquez is starting to make those sort of noises. You know, we've only got the 16th budget in Ligue 1, so we're not really in the position that you can expect us to be in, that maybe expectations have been heightened because of the the finish they had last season when they were seventh and the fact that they'd spent a couple of months second in the table to Paris Saint-Germain. Look, I, th I think they're still going to be challenging for a European finish this season. They've got some really, really good players. They've got a method which involves getting Klaus onto the ball as much as possible on the right. Fafana, as we've talked about uh, throughout this season on the podcast, all action in midfield. Kakuta after injury, getting back towards his best, starting to become the Kakuta that top scored for them last season. But they're going to be fine. Angers, they're, they're one of my secret favourites in Ligue 1 this season. Really like what Gerald Batikla has done. And his pre-match talk was all about Lons have used this three-at-the-back system a lot longer than we have. I've come into the club and brought it in, so they're going to be more used to playing that way. It doesn't look that way. And he's got his team playing with method. And the goal they scored even though Satoka gave the ball away after that, the execution of it and the technical quality they have in the front four players is really good to watch. Uh, what they do do is they draw too many games. That's six away draws now in their eight games. But it's impressive, isn't it? Oh, you know, we thought maybe they'd fade away with Stefan Moulin leaving, but yeah, Batikla's really got them well organised and uh, Buffal, Mohamed Ali Cho, Fulgini, uh, really impressive. Going forward, Unai as well. Unai played a lovely ball for Buffal's goal. The young Moroccan brought in from uh, National Football, the third tier, where he was playing for Avranche. Well, they, these games, these late games on a Friday, Saturday, and Sunday night, kick off at either six forty-five or seven a.m. here in uh, in Sydney. So I get up and I listen to I listen to Dave and Ian this weekend and and watch the the World Feed commentary, which was very good. And I was I'm pleased Dave mentioned it because I thought Gal Kakuta was excellent. His, his his movement, his positioning, always available. And I think, as you say, coming back from injury, he's he's a player who's so important to that side. And and there are such quality players on show. Muhammad Ali show so far, so strong. He's got he plays with maturity beyond his years. These were two quality sides that backed themselves, that were clearly full of confidence. It was a really enjoyable match of football. Good stuff. Good stuff. Well, let, let's see. Let's see if Lance can uh, can keep it going. Um, I think it's fair enough, by the way, that Franquez uh, mentions that they're the 16th budget. I mean, you know, it, it's true and they are punching above their weight, but they do have they do have real quality. Um, I said we were going to 
end our, our 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 wrap of those competing for the top three with with this game. But that that's a bit harsh on Marseille and Lyon because I think both of those teams will feel. They are in the mix, competing for a place in the top three. We're not going to talk too much about Marseille. I have to admit, it was uh, it was a tough watch on Sunday night. Their game against uh, Troyes uh, played behind closed doors. Marseille really struggled uh, to, to get going. Troyes defended, uh, were pretty happy to, to keep the score at nil-nil. And to be fair to, to Marseille, they finally created one or two chances in the last quarter of the game and, uh, and, uh, and they got the goal. Dimitri Payet. No surprise there. Setting up uh, Lirola with a, a wonderful pass that split the Trois defence. Paul Lirola scoring. Arcadius Milik uh, had a few chances. Didn't manage to convert. That's uh, still a concern for, for Marseille, but important, very important for Jorge Sampaoli that they got the three points and they have a game in hand. They're still very much uh, in the mix. Uh, Marseille are fourth. They've got 26 points, the same as Nice. They are two points behind Ren. Uh, we're going to talk about Lyon a, a little bit more. They uh, got an important victory, much like Marseille, uh, because those two clubs had their game abandoned, didn't they, uh, the previous weekend? And uh, they've been stuttering a little bit of late, but uh, they played away to Montpellier. And I was commentating this game. Here's what happened. Boateng, former Bayern Munich man. Nine Bundesliga titles. He won uh, Jerome Boateng. That's a good cross. And this time, Leon hit the bar. Lucas Paqueta is on hand, though, to head the rebound into the back of the net. Joy for the visitors. Their golden boy, Lucas Paqueta, with his sixth league goal this season. Well, it was a really good quality cross from Malo Gusto. Slimani attacked the ball, volleyed it thunderously against the bar. And then that bit of fortune that Leon will feel that they've deserved. Paqueta in exactly the right place to nod hope. So Leon getting three points thanks to Lucas Paqueta. Um, Lucas Paqueta, who yeah had a, didn't have his best game. Uh, he 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 gave the ball away quite a lot. And Leon, I would say they bossed the first half, but the second half was was pretty tough. And, and Montpellier threw everything they had at Lyon and had they been sharper in, in the final third uh, they would have they would have punished Olympique Lyonnais Anthony Lopez uh, play, played very well but uh, Robbie when I, when I watch this Lyon side um, and I see the midfield of Guimaraes of uh, Kakare Paqueta Awa you know there's not a more technical midfield in, in, in France Kakare was buzzing about all over the place winning the ball they're just they're just not clicking they're just I mean at times it's good, but you know they're still kind of searching for their for their I I, I don't know for an understanding in that midfield. But they've, they've done well in Europe, haven't they? I mean they're going. They have. They've won five out of five, and actually, Robbie, this is the first time they've won a league game after a Europa League game. So that that shows as well. Perhaps one of the reasons why they are languishing a little bit behind. Yeah, absolutely. It's taking it's taking a lot out of this side. Perhaps with the with the new coach as well. I mean he 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 made a slow start. Then they had that that great run. Look, these players, and I think this is becoming a familiar sort of discussion we're having with things coming back, and it's it's at various levels, but everything's relative. We talk about PSG starting to to struggle a little bit. Marseille have been going through a rough patch. Lyon, Monaco as well. These are big clubs with international players, and the international players are playing a lot of football. You add Europe into the mix for, for a lot of these sides, and it's becoming very, very difficult. It's not easy to maintain it at the highest level 
the whole time, week in, week out. And we're into, you know, I mean, it's 15 games into the league our season. It's not like we're in March or anything yet. But these have been very long seasons. The last couple of years have been very, very difficult. And I think it is an element to take into account when you look across the board at, at the four or five big teams in France that all of them are, are trying to grind out results at the moment. But perhaps it's something more generalized than just these individual cases. Because, and I thought, you know, Marseille, I think they did have enough chances and they could have won at 3-0 in the end, their match. That's not necessarily the case with Leon. I thought Mole could have had a goal or two that perhaps Montpellier deserved, could have deserved a point from this one. But, but perhaps the, the issue is more a, a, a general one of just how hard it is to find this consistency at the moment when you're one of the big clubs in France. I think they've got another issue as well, Rob, which is Peter Bosch doesn't quite know what shape he wants his team to have, that you list those technical players as Matt did, uh, who wants to play wide among those? So what really stood out for me from what Bosch said after the game was how when they were attacking, he left three at the back, got Malo Gusto pushing on as much as he could down the right and Gusto set up the goal that won the game for Leon, uh, because that means that Paqueta can play a bit more centrally. You leave Toko Ikambi wide on the other side. And this quest for the shape hasn't been helped by the adaptation period of the new signings, all of the games that they've had to play, plus the injuries to Slimani and Dembele after Dembele had started the season so well. So, yeah, still working on that. And maybe he's hinting that that's going to be what they're going to do more and more when they're in possession, leave three at the back, and with Dubois out injured at the moment, just get Gusto using those qualities that he has to push on down the right-hand side. He looks like a real player, Malo Gusto, 18 years of age and... uh... Uh, not at all overawed. He, he was interviewed at halftime. It was quite funny. The interviewer said, you know, what did you think? Not a bad half for Leon, 1-0 up. And he said, yeah, it's, it was really, really, really hard. And I was a bit sort of surprised because I was like, well, you know, you, you're on top. And he said, well, we, you know, we have changed the system a bit and the coach wants me to play much higher up and I'm having to do a lot of running. Um, but yeah, at 18, he's obviously loving it and he managed to get back and, and make some good uh, interceptions as well. In defence, but yeah, another another really exciting talent. Uh, the cross he put in for for Slimani, which led to the goal, was absolutely uh, exceptional. And I actually thought Emerson played well. I thought Emerson played well, like you say, in a more defensive role. Um, so there, you know, there, of course, there's cause for optimism. There's so much talent in in that Leon side. You, you're just waiting for the Peter Boss effect to. to to, to click in, into gear, but those points you made, Dave, were all good and uh, no, I think explain... For a team that generally everyone's saying are Leon really indifferent start to the season, they're only six points behind second and have got a game in hand. That's it, isn't it? That's it. it I mean, it's so close. Leon are, are seventh, they're level with Angers and uh, they are, yeah, like you say, six six points off, off second. So if they win their game in hand, they're three points off second. Um Let's have a look at just uh, any games that, that we haven't mentioned. Uh, Lille, much like Monaco, drawing at the moment far too much. Uh, Lille won, Nantes won. That was on Saturday afternoon. Jonathan David had the chance to win it from the penalty spot. But uh, Alban Lafont made the save. Great save it was from Lafont. Burak Yilmaz, by the way, got his first league 1 goal since September. So that's a piece of good news for, uh, for Jocelyn Gorvenek. Monaco drew as well. 1-1 against Strasbourg. Ben Yedda. Uh, getting his eighth league goal of the season, but uh, Ajork striking for 
for, for Strasbourg. Bordeaux were 1-0 up against Brest, but uh, they couldn't hold on. Brest came back. Jeremy Le Duaron, uh, who's in great form at the moment. He got two goals, four wins in a row now for Brest. Uh, Gilain Conan scored an absolute belter. Goal of the, uh, of the week uh, for Reims in the last minute as they beat Clermont uh, by one goal to nil. And Clermont, I've been saying it for a few weeks now, they're in trouble, aren't they? They started the season well. But uh, at the bottom now, we've got five teams separated by one point. We've got Metz and Saint-Étienne, Saint-Étienne bottom. They've both got 12 points. You've got Clermont on 13 there, 18th. And then above them, Troyes and Bordeaux, both of those clubs on 13 points. And uh, probably, Robbie, they're the, they're the five that are going to have to battle it out to avoid the drop. Yeah, I think you can add Reims and Lorient to that as well. I mean, from 14th down, you all those sides have only won two or three matches this season out of 15. That's that's worrying for, for the staff and for the coaches. And Reims, I mean, they'd be right in it if, if not for that last, last minute, last minute winner from Conan, which was a fantastic goal. If you get the chance to see it, just try and watch it without any commentary, without any voice, because the sound of the ball hitting the bar and hitting the back of the net is one of the beautiful sounds of football. And, and it was spectacular. Well, it's time to look forward now. Uh, we don't have long to wait. Two days before the next round of Ligue 1 Uber Eats action. Um, time for us to go on a little bon voyage. Uh, just to give you a quick heads up on some of the big matches. We mentioned PSG against Nice at the uh, at the Parc des Princes. I'm just thinking it's going to be a heck of a voyage for, for Robbie. And the Australian authorities are going to have to be very generous in, in allowing him to leave. Um, yeah, PSG Nice, 9 o'clock local time. We've got Rennes against Lille. That's also a nine o'clock game. Nantes against Marseille. Two prestigious sides clashing at uh, La Bourgeois. Uh, I'm going to put this one to, to Robbie Thompson first. Time to go on a bon voyage. So, Robbie, what do you, what do you fancy? You're going to have to hop on a plane soon, by the way. It is. It's going to have to happen very quickly. Um, Look, Paris Saint-Germain versus Nice is a very exciting matchup. Um, I'm curious to head. Perhaps I'll catch Angers versus Monaco, though. I think, like Dave said, as one of his favourite sides in, at the moment in Ligue 1, Angers have some exciting and underrated players. And I think Buffal, who's back where it all began for him, is, is showing plenty of talent as well. And I like Monaco. I think they should be doing much better. And sooner or later, Monaco, I think, are going to hit their stride as well. So that could be a... That could be an entertaining match to start the new month. Fair enough. Fair enough. David Cross, by the way, if you do go from Australia to Angers, that would be an incredible, incredible uh, enthusiasm and, and, and loyalty. Angers uh, is a beautiful little city. <laughs> I, I'm going to go for Rennes against Lille. I think that's going to be a, a very good game to watch. And Lille will want the points after that David miss penalty that you mentioned uh, at the weekend. Rennes, can they carry on this great run of form? Um Will, we, will I get to see another Laborde goal the way he's playing? Probably. Well, after yeah, the the um, disappointing comments from Dave and Robbie about Gaten Laborde, I, I was going to say I wanted to go to Ren Lille to see the, uh, the hottest striker uh, in Ligue 1 Uber Eats in action. Although Jonathan David has got more league goals than Gaten Laborde at the moment, so that's going to be fascinating to see to see those two facing off um, at Roson Park. Ren looking for a sixth straight. Home victory. I'm going to go somewhere else. I'm just uh, going to have to make this a, a quick call. I haven't been to the Bourgeois for quite a long time. Nantes against Marseille. That should be fun. Um, there'll be a good atmosphere at the Bourgeois. And uh, yeah, Ludovic Blas, Colomani. I, I, I like these guys. 
good talented players and a good test actually for Marseille to see if uh, see if they are in decline or if uh, Sam Pauli is kind of steadying steadying the ship and turning the form back around. Uh, we'll have to wait and see. Plenty of exciting action coming up on Wednesday. But uh, Robbie, thank you for joining us this week on Le Bourgeois. I'll let you head off to the beach. Thank you very much. No, it's just about time for bed for me. Going to have a bite to eat and then uh, relax. Yeah, before before we came on air, Robbie was complaining about the weather in Sydney, which is absolutely dis- disgraceful that he could even mention the weather when we've just had freezing, grey, so horrible weather so in, in Paris here, this weekend. Robbie. Well, it's cold. It's cold here. It is well. very, very cold. You saw the pictures at Saint Etienne. You you saw the snow. You must be feeling for us. Uh, thank you, Robbie, and thank you, David Crossan. Just looking out of my windows, blue sky, blue sky yeah, this morning nice. in Paris. Yeah, yeah. Go and, yeah. Go and have your breakfast. Yeah, it's on the looking terrace. good. It's looking good. We'll be back uh, again next week. Thank you to all of our listeners. Uh, thank you for your, for your loyalty. Do uh, do go onto the different platforms and rate us, uh, and do talk to your friends about Le Bourgeois. We welcome new listeners all the time, of course. We'll be back next week. Until then, everybody, have a great one, and we'll see you soon. All the best. Bye, Bye. everyone. Bye. Outrageous goal from Gael Kakuta. Play it again. Adolberg. Oh, Benyatta. Beautifully done. 